We have been celebrating um, our upcoming 175th anniversary in this church, and each week we have, we have a highlight. In October 1925, our Sunday school program was reorganized under the, the direction of Miss Mary Slaughter, a field worker for the Universalist General Sunday School Association. She traveled around the country helping churches with their religious education programs. Five years later, in October of 1930, Mary Slaughter married Clinton Lee Scott, the minister of our church. The two of them founded a birth control clinic in Peoria, and Mary played a major role in financing and operating it. May we remember the past as we look toward the future. Among ministers, there is a saying that we often preach about what we need to hear. And I think that with me and this topic of forgiveness, it's one that's kind of right on time. Interestingly, several odd things have happened to me since I first wrote the blurb, the thing that you see in the builder about forgiveness and wisdom going hand in hand. First, I cannot tell you how many times I have misspelled forgiveness. It's like my, my hands are tongue-tied. And so when you hear how many times I'm going to say that word in this sermon, you can just imagine the frustration of going back and making it right and thinking forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. So I, I wonder, is this the universe's way of telling me you're not going to get by with this easily? You are going to confront this word and you are going to get used to grappling with it. Another thing that happened is that I was recently in contact with someone. I used to feel proud about the fact that I have forgiven them for the dirty, low-down, dishonest, rotten, horrendous, dastardly, that's with a D, <laughs> the way they treated me. And now, of course, I have to question how well I have done at forgiving them. I tried forgiving, but I definitely haven't, got, haven't forgotten more on that later. Just to make sure we're all on the same page, let's think of forgiveness as a decision to let go of resentment and thoughts of revenge. As it is reported in an article by Mayo Clinic staff writers, one can hold on to grudges one can move forward with one's life. Does it surprise you that the Mayo Clinic cares whether or not you are stuck in an untenable place in your life rather than being able to choose to move forward? Forgiveness can be operative at many levels. From a macro level, a nation can forgive another country its debts. 
Some religions have shunning that excludes a member from the group, but they are welcomed back after completing a punishment. Banks are forgiven by the government even though reckless banking practices lead to incredible losses for many citizens. An African tribe sends a person who has violated a rule into the jungle for several days. When they return, they remain silent, and they know they are forgiven when a child brings them food. Then they are welcomed back into the community. It seems to me that forgiveness would be much easier if we understood a prearranged rule such as knowing that if you mess up, you will walk into the jungle, and when you get back, you will be given a signal when you are forgiven. Now here's how I view that working for us. We would walk outside into the great grove. After a while, we would come back into Fellowship Hall during coffee hour, and someone would give us an Oreo cookie. <laughs> And I say Oreo because that's safe because the original Oreos are vegan. <laughs> and then we would know we were forgiven for our transgression. But unfortunately, we have no such covenant. They say to forgive and forget. And I question whether it is truly possible to forget, or even if it's ideal. So I consulted a book called Forgiving the Unforgivable to help me get a better grip on the concept of letting go. I learned that forgetting should not be the objective. I think those on the forget side of the equation are the ones who are in the wrong and want to have absolute cessation of any allusion to whatever led to the unforgivable. But the fact is that forgetting is counterintuitive. It feels like the thing we should do. We probably want to forget something that is so upsetting, but it turns out that that's just not the healthy way of being. Beverly Flanagan, who wrote Forgiving the Unforgivable, see that tongue-tied thing? says that a wounded person cannot indeed, should not, think that a fading memory can provide an expiation of the past. To forgive, one must remember the past, put it into perspective, and then move beyond it. Without remembrance, we cannot transcend the wound. Transcendence, to go beyond, often in a spiritual way, to elevate in what we like to call the religion business, this is a good thing. There may come a time in our lives when we begin to review our regrets. That is part of what we call wisdom. We may start to think of those offenses that we may have committed or those done to us. There are things that may have been bothering us for years, even decades. They probably are not actually forgotten because they're just simmering, 
somewhere in our psyches. In another recent Wall Street Journal article, Mayo Clinic professor Dr. Amit Sood said that in the absence of forgiveness, an offense that was committed against us or some pain that we caused others can replay in our minds causing continuing anger or remorse that is often a recipe for bitterness and bad health. A wealth of research has linked the isolation and loneliness that can result to increased health problems and higher mortality. It is tantamount to suffocating yourself emotionally. Forgiveness, by contrast, allows one to focus on more positive thoughts and relationships. Are you surprised that the Mayo Clinic, one of the world's foremost institutions of diagnostics and treatment, finds that the lack of forgiveness in our lives is actually a health issue? In the article, Forgiveness, Letting Go of Grudges and Bitterness, claims are made that sound more like what you might hear on a Sunday morning than what you would expect from physicians. This is a direct quote. But if you can't practice forgiveness, you might be the one who pays most dearly. By embracing forgiveness, you can also embrace peace, hope, gratitude, and joy. Consider how forgiveness can lead you down the path of physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Forgiveness brings a kind of peace that helps you go on with life. That is the gospel according to Mayo. Forgiveness is not an easy or a simple thing. First of all, we often think that forgiveness means we are excusing what has been done to us, or that we are saying the person isn't responsible for the hurt they've caused. Worst of all, some of, it think, some of us think that forgiveness makes us wimpy. Even if those things were true, we would have so much more to lose by being fettered to the unforgivable than to live our lives in a healthy manner. Experts at Mayo say that the act that hurt or offended you might always remain a part of your life. But forgiveness can lessen its grip on you and help you focus on other, more positive parts of your life Forgiveness can lead to greater spiritual and psychological well-being and healthier relationships. Harboring resentment is like an invisible killer because it leads to anxiety and depression, high blood pressure, and actually a higher mortality rate. Besides hurting yourself, it tampers with all your other relationships. You may not even know that anger and bitterness are spilling over into your interactions with others, that you are fearful of getting involved with people or new experiences, that we are closed to the interdependent web 
of which we are all a part, and able to maintain connections that are our right and our privilege. Forgiveness is particularly difficult if only one person is interested in being a part of it. Or perhaps the other person is unavailable because of death or some other circumstance. Forgiveness can still be accomplished, but it takes a little more work and sometimes it takes the help of a professional. According to Mayo's, forgiveness is a commitment to a process of change. Actively choose to forgive the person who's offended you when you're ready. When you're ready. Move away from your role as a victim and release the control and power that the offending person and situation have had in your life. As you let go of grudges, you'll no longer define your life by how you've been hurt. We read stories and we hear on the news all the time. What seem like remarkable people have done in the face of forgiving the unforgivable. Veterans meeting at Standing Rock and asking forgiveness for military actions visited on Native Americans throughout our nation's history. Amish families attending the funeral of the man who killed their daughters back in 2006. A journalist and civil rights leader befriends a Ku Klux Klan Grand Dragon who eventually leaves the Klan. A woman forgives the man who shot her. These people could have remained paralyzed with grief or hatred, but they chose to live their lives in a more healthy way. They have not minimized what happened to them, but they have chosen to not be victimized or to remain in the depths of despair. Some would say that forgiveness is part of their religious beliefs, and this is true in some cases, some would say that it's a moral imperative. Beverly Flanagan, author of Forgiving the Unforgivable, examines the question, are moral people required to forgive, even tyrants? She had this discussion with students in a doctoral program and the, the students decided yes. And here was their reasoning. When tyrants act out in injurious ways, they injure the broader society with hatred that spills out in ever-widening spheres that includes even those who were not victims and eventually everyone connected with the non-forgiven. In other words, the society is infected with the, with the villainy. The student consensus was that regardless of its source, hatred creates mean-spiritedness in the human condition. So when an individual does not forgive one who has injured him, 
He perpetuates evil and in the end affects the well-being of everyone. Forgiving, by this logic, is the only ethical response to villainy. So there you have it. That was easy. We would all be more healthy and happy if we could forgive people like Hitler and eventually someone associated with our more recent history. I think facing the conundrum of forgiving the unforgivable speaks to us of wisdom. When we are wise, we are more able to face that which has hurt us. We are more able to face our own guilt and forgive ourselves. We realize that by embracing forgiveness, you can also embrace peace, hope, and joy. You can say, I'm sorry, I forgive you. May it be so.